Welcome to The Meeting Room, a place to gather and discuss all things relating to meat safety, quality, and production. My name is Brianna Boozman, and thank you for joining me today in The Meeting Room. This past week in the United States, 629,000 beef, 2.3 million hogs, and 36,000 sheep were harvested. In meat industry news, multiple U.S. JBS meat plants were shut down on Tuesday of this week following a cyber attack. JBS is a Brazil-based company and is responsible for one-fifth of the daily U.S. cattle harvest. The majority of the plants were back online on Wednesday and slowly reopened throughout the remainder of the week. Target has recently added a new pork line to their stores. 49 stores will now have Tyson's Chairman Reserve Premium Pork available at their stores. Products available will range from tenderloin medallions, rib chops, and even tomahawk chops. According to the National Pork Board, this will be the first time that a major retailer has pork tomahawk chops available at this size of a scale. The past couple weeks, I've been able to start some of my summer travel and programming for my extension position. So basically what this means is that I get to go to different counties throughout the state of Nebraska and put on some workshops for students to be introduced to meat science. So these workshops and the activities can range from anything about learning about different careers in the meat industry, Um, identifying different retail cuts and where they come from on the animal, doing things like burger battles. We're doing one of those coming up soon, and I'm really excited about that, where students will get the chance to create a product and learn about food safety and marketing that product. And the activities can also include things like cutting demonstrations. So they're really awesome ways to be able to introduce students to another sector of the ag industry and looking specifically at opportunities in meat science and meat production. I recently was able to talk to a group of 4-H kids about pork products. During this talk, uh, one of the young students asked me, why do people bully their animals? And I'll be honest, This was right in the middle of a talk. It had been going super well. The students were being super interactive. And that question really caught me off guard as a lot of these students I knew did come from an ag background. They were maybe involved in production on their farm or maybe they showed livestock. So came with experience working with livestock. However, this student I found out later had pretty little experience in the ag industry, but asked that question and it did really catch me off guard and it did really uh, surprise me to be getting it at uh, that type of event. However, it ended up opening up some good talking points with those students about how important live animal handling is and how important Uh, just the life of that animal is when it comes to impacting the final product and when it comes to actually uh, producing a high quality protein. And so today I wanted to tie some of that in and talk about some of those things, some of those things that can impact the final quality uh, when we talk about actually the life cycle of that animal. 
And specifically today, we're going to be talking about how stress on the live animal can impact the final product. When we think about live animal handling, oftentimes we're told to keep a calm, cool, collected environment. A lot of the products that are out there when it comes to animal handling are done to try to make the movement more efficient, whether that be tools that you can use to move livestock or uh, even facilities and facility design is something that's often researched and often talked about and has selling points for one ease to be able to do it as well as um, environment and animal handling and animal welfare. But when we think about live animal handling, uh, a lot of times we can think about its impact on meat quality. And there are some things about it that are pretty intuitive if you just start thinking about the life of that animal. Uh, so for example, it makes sense that if an animal is injured, that it could have some bruising. That could be a problem with meat quality. It makes sense that if an animal is showing signs of sickness, that there could be a further infection that could be a problem with its meat quality. But stress isn't something that you can always visually see. There's indicators of it for sure, but it isn't always something that we think about stress and then poor product quality but it can end up having a huge, huge impact. So thinking about stress for a minute, um, for a second, just think about how your body responds or how you respond when you get stressed about something. Uh, when I was talking to these students, I asked them to think about how they felt just a couple weeks ago when they were taking their final exams before the end of the school year. Uh, for me, when I get stressed, I oftentimes will get kind of tensed up um, my diet changes or I stop eating for a while or I, I binge eat sometimes, but it has a change in my diet. Um, I don't sleep as well. I often have a hard time falling asleep or I'm awake a lot during the night, so I'm just not very relaxed and comfortable. And a lot of these same things can happen to livestock. When uh, their environment changes or when they become stressed, they can get excited, uh, they can start burning energy, they can get tired and not uh, as relaxed and comfortable, they can go off feed, they can get overheated, they can get out of their normal rhythm. And thinking specifically about if you're tensed up or you're you know, showing stress in that way, at that point you are burning energy towards your stress. You're tensed up, your muscles are tight, you're burning energy. If you go off a feed or if your diet changes, you're not taking in energy. You're not able then to put on or put those calories to use. If you're not resting or you're not able to relax, again, you're burning energy to be able to maintain that. And so when that same thing happens to livestock, at that point, they are not going to be producing efficiently. Rather than putting their energy into putting on high quality protein, of building that muscle, of depositing fat, they're now burning their energy towards stress. And a lot of things can cause stress. So it can be sickness, some kind of infection that is going around. You may be seeing signs of that infection in the animal that could then be causing further stress as well. Uh, weather can have a huge impact on stress. Especially in the Midwest, um, growing up in South Dakota and now being in Nebraska, 
there's a lot of times that we would see major swings in weather. One day it might be uh, sunny and 70, and the next day it might be cold and rainy, or it may be snowing, or there may be a blizzard. All of these things, especially if that animal isn't protected well from the environment and from the weather, can have a huge impact on stress. Working the animals or running them through a chute is another time that those animals can get stressed. Environment change, so moving them from pasture to a different pen to a different feedlot, um, or getting in groups of different livestock that they weren't already used to can cause stress. Uh, things like fairs or taking them to shows can cause stress. Additionally, uh, the genetic background of that animal can cause some stress as well. So they may be genetically inclined to be a little bit more high strung. And we can specifically see that in hogs. So um, in hogs, there's something called porcine stress syndrome or PSS, which is known specifically to be a stress gene, basically. And so this can cause hogs to have tremors. They really show those signs of stress. A lot of times if it's something that's going to cause a rapid muscle movement, so if, say, they get scared and they turn to run, it can cause them to almost go into a type of shock. And they have these tremors. Um, it can cause sudden death. It can cause internal hemorrhaging. And it can lead to a really poor quality final product. So all of these things, whether it be just the change of environment or the change of diet or working or genetics, all of these things that cause stress can hurt the gain of that animal. Uh, they hurt their production ability. So whether that be uh, producing meat, producing milk, um, growing a calf, all of those things can be harmed when they're in that stressful environment. So we want to keep them cool and collected. And this is something that is known, but we oftentimes don't think about how that stress can actually impact meat quality and actually impact that final product. Again, it's intuitive that a bruise is maybe going to cause some color issue, but what would stress actually do to the muscle? What could stress do to impact the meat? So there are two big quality concerns that we often talk about when we think about stress in livestock. The first one being product that is dark, firm, and dry. And this is something that is typically seen following long-term stress and is more commonly seen in cattle. There is also product that can be pale, soft, and exudative. And this, known as PSE, is more common from short-term stress and is seen more frequently in pigs. So we'll talk a little bit about each of those. But before jumping into that, um, it's important to think about what actually happens when stress occurs. So when stress happens, there's actual changes that can occur within the muscle. So muscle tissue stores energy in the form of glycogen. When we use our muscles, that glycogen is converted to lactic acid. So think about if maybe you had a New Year's resolution to go to the gym and you hit it really, really hard for a week and then you decided to quit because your muscles were sore. Your muscles get sore because of a buildup of that lactic acid. You used up the glycogen stores, you used up the energy source in your muscle, and there is now this lactic acid that is causing that soreness. So typically, if an animal is stressed for a long period of time, so 
Say they're at a fair for a week or there's major weather changes and it's a week of just crazy weather. They use up those glycogen stores within their muscle and it is converted to lactic acid. So um, their muscles are being tense. They're showing those signs of stress that we talked about and that glycogen is depleted. When an animal is harvested, a lot of things happen as that muscle is actually converted to meat. And one of those things is a drop in pH or the acidity level. So living muscle tissue is pretty neutral and has a pH of about 7.0, whereas beef or actual meat typically has a pH of approximately 5.6. So that means that it's actually a little bit more acidic than living muscle tissue. And this drop in pH is caused by the glycogen that's left in the system when the animal is harvested being converted to lactic acid. So traditionally, if it's an animal that has been low stress um, and it's coming in just normally, stress has not been an issue in that animal's life, they're going to have plenty of that glycogen available in their system. When that harvest process happens, some changes occur, that glycogen is used and converted to lactic acid, and there's a slow decline in that pH. When an animal was stressed for a long period of time prior to harvest, there's no more glycogen available in the system. And because of that, it's not able or there's no glycogen to convert to lactic acid to drop that pH. And pH can have a major effect on color, on water holding capacity, on just protein structure in meat. And so if there wasn't lactic acid to drop that pH, it stays higher than what we typically would see for meat. And this can create a product that's really dark in color, it binds water tightly, and it creates kind of a dry, tacky surface. And this is known as dark, firm, and dry product. And typically this is seen in beef, um, and normally when we think about or picture our perfect ribeye, it's really a bright cherry red color. Dark, firm, and dry, or DFD product, or also known as a dark cutter, is almost purple. It's a really, really deep, dark red color, um, and it really holds tightly to that moisture. And so it's still okay to eat, but it's going to be really unsightly. And so I did see that these in Costco one time, and of course I did the thing where I make myself look like a fool and was like leaning over the meat counter to make sure that I got a picture of it. But it's not something that you're often going to see in a grocery store because it is unsightly and it's not something that you are going to want to consume. Um, not Again, not that it's unsafe, but because it's not visually appealing. One of the problems with dark, firm, and dry product is that since it can hold moisture so well, it can actually have a shorter shelf life. If you do buy that product, um, it may not last as long as it could have a higher propensity to spoil because of all the moisture that is within it. So dark, firm, and dry product uh, can be used in further processed products. It can be used in... Um, pre-cooked or ready-to-consume products, again, where you're not seeing that color. Likely, if you were to cook these steaks, since they do hold moisture so well, they could be really juicy. They could be really 
uh, flavorful and they could taste great, but again, you're going to be um, a little bit averse to them, likely because of their color and they're not what you're used to seeing. Uh, this condition, like I said, it's uh, seen mostly in cattle and happens to about 1-2% to 2 of cattle that are harvested. Um, and a lot of times we'll be following major weather events or things like that. If an animal has gone through that stressful period and say it went through a blizzard and then it's held for a week or two to allow that system to kind of normalize, uh, this may not be a problem. But a lot of times it's that long-term stress that is then immediately followed by harvest. So that's why a lot of times we can see these in show cattle. So if they've gone to a fair and then immediately from the fair are shipped to be harvested and their body didn't have time to acclimate to that new environment, uh, there could be some of these quality issues. So that's long-term stress. On the other hand, we also have short-term stress. And this is most common in pigs and can create a product that is pale, soft, and exudative, or PSE. And this is really our main quality concern when we talk about pork. So in the beef industry, we, um, when we talk about quality, we think about the prime, choice, select, and that is determined by maturity and marbling, or that intramuscular fat. In pork, there are some of those standards available for that marbling. However, they're not commonly used in the industry. It's not uh, something that currently there's a very great market value for, um, or marketing ability, I should say. Consumers aren't drawn toward a higher quality pork product because it's something that um, just hasn't been used and it hasn't been as standardized. But uh, one thing that they can be drawn to is the color of that product. And so uh, PSE or that pale product is a huge quality concern when it comes to pork. And for a long time, pork was marketed as the other white meat. And that's not something that we see anymore because now we see pork as being a more reddish pink color, not as closer to that uh, white and light color. So typically, if you're seeing really, really pale pork, that is not a good sign. But basically, what happens to create PSE pork is that hogs are stressed immediately prior to harvest. And a lot of times, this is going to go along with those that maybe have that uh, porcine stress syndrome gene. Um, and so if they're being hauled in a trailer, they may get a little bit more of that stress if there's some kind of weather event or something that happens uh, the day or so before they are being hauled to be harvested, that could create a problem. And so in their case, since that stress is immediately prior to harvest, the glycogen is used and there's a rapid buildup of lactic acid. So they still have used the glycogen, but that lactic acid is still there in heavy concentrations in that muscle tissue. At that point, the animal's harvested, and since there is so much of that lactic acid, it causes the pH to drop, but it drops too fast. It drops when that carcass is still really warm, and this creates uh, problems with the protein. And so I think of it kind of like if you have 
uh, say a roast or say you have a round steak that you want to cook, likely you are going to use a marinade and some heat. So a marinade is acidic and the reason that marinades work is because that acid can break down the protein. You combine that with some heat and that protein can break down further and it can um, create a very tender product. For pale, soft, and exudative pork, there is a lot of acid still in that meat, so it creates an acidic product that's breaking down the protein. And combine that with the high temperature of that carcass immediately following harvest, and a lot of that protein is going to be broken down, and it's going to cause some structure issues. And since that occurs, it's not able to hold on to moisture. It's not able to bind water. And so that's where the pale, soft, and exudative comes in. It's pale in color. Um, it's lost a lot of the myoglobin or what causes that color in meat products. It's soft, so those uh, protein structures aren't very good. It's not holding its shape. Um, if you cut a steak or you cut a pork chop, you typically expect it to keep that kind of firm hold. And these become very, very soft um, and they don't, they don't hold their shape. They don't hold a good cut. And then they're exudative. So they're actually seeping moisture. If you leave a pork chop sitting that is PSE, uh, soon it will be sitting basically in a puddle. It's going to have... Um, or it's going to be leaking moisture. And so again, this product is not unsafe to consume. However, it's not going to lead to a good eating experience. One, it's gonna be pretty unsightly, so it's gonna be, this time it will be closer to that other white meat, almost a whitish gray color uh, with excess moisture, things that just aren't appealing. And if you were to cook it, it would likely become very dry and tough because a lot of that moisture that gives it that juiciness is going to have been lost, whether in the packaging or even in that cooking process. It wasn't able to hold on to it, uh, so there's not going to be much moisture in there, going to become very dry um, and likely not a lot of flavor with it as well. Pale, soft, and exudative, or PSE products can be used in some further processed products. However, uh, because of its inability to hold moisture, it can still cause some problems uh, with those processed products quality as well. And so they have to be careful in the amounts that it's incorporated into the blend of that product, which I won't go into all of that today. But even those kinds of changes and those kind of problems with that whole muscle can end up creating problems in your salamis or your brats or your other further processed products just because of that inherent structure and the um, changes that stress had on that final product. And according to the U.S. Pork Center of Excellence, PSE can cause about a $100 million annual loss to the meat industry or to the pork industry. And so it can be a big problem. Um, and it's not necessarily something that's being caused by poor handling or you know poor effects of animal welfare, but there's times when it is a genetic concern or it is with it just being short-term stress, that new environment uh, can create some 
problems with that final product. And so more and more all the time, there's initiatives that are going into place to try to prevent these quality concerns from happening. Uh, both dark, firm, and dry and PSE products are major quality problems, and they lower the product value for the producer, packer, retailer, um, and even for the consumer, they're not going to be something that you are going to want to purchase. And so it really just lowers the value of that product. And so when the student brought up bullying livestock, I was not able and it would not have been the right time and place to give this full explanation um, of problems that stress can cause. But it was really good to be able to talk about some of the impact that the life of that animal can have on the final product. So whether that be, you know, these quality concerns from stress or if you're bullying or not, um, moving the animal correctly and it gets a bruise or it gets injured, all of those things can end up really hurting that final product. And one thing that I have noticed with the ag industry that we oftentimes promote it as a lifestyle and that, you know, these animals, they can become part of our family or the animals are something that the producers really care about, which is which is absolutely true, um, and producers do care dearly about their animals. But in my opinion, one of the things that we often forget is when we talk to people about the ag industry, and it, it may be because it sounds kind of harsh, but farming is a lifestyle, but it's also a business, and the goal of the business is to be profitable. And so if a producer is bullying their animals, it can create profitability problems. Uh, they don't gain as well. They don't produce as well. Again, whether that be pounds of product, quality, uh, they're not going to be depositing that intramuscular fat or that marbling. Um, they're not going to be producing offspring as well. It could have actual carcass quality problems. All of these things lower the profitability and value of that animal. And so bullying or intentionally harming that animal is directly hurting that producer's bottom line. And so not only does harming or poorly handling animals uh, not make moral or ethical sense, it's also not fiscally responsible. So in the end, high-stress steaks are not a good option for anybody. Calm, cool, collected animals produce the best product. So thank you for joining me this week in the meeting room. I look forward to visiting with you again soon. And until then, I hope that you stay stress-free.